Hi, I'm Tim and this is TBV for the 4th of February, the year of our Lord 2024. A light day long. This episode we're looking at the theme of complexity, of the wonder and glorious intricacy of life as we know it. This is a revelation something that has been revealed in recent centuries. Looking back a few hundred years ago, it seemed like the smallest things of life were blobs, maybe quite simple components of life. What has been revealed in the decade upon decade since is the marvellous, intricate and detailed composition of our cells. Now, this is not, of course, the cell like a monk would spend his time in studying and learning, nor is it like a cell possibly overcrowded that prisoners would spend their days incarcerated. This cell is the kind of building block of biology. This is the life that forms life. This is the component of creation that reproduces itself. There are cells that can't reproduce themselves, they've lost their capacity to do so, their DNA, and there's cells that are otherwise um, unique and work on their own, their bacteria and other kinds of cells. The kind we're looking at today are the ones driven by DNA and also part of big, big organisms. I'm not talking about the dinosaurs or whales here, though they are, of course, included. But that compared to the size of the cell, we are vast. As big compared to um, the scale of humans to the size of our moon. A cell is so small that we have to go through our scales of creation. We have to go down past ant gland, which is looking down to the smallest of insects immediately before us. And to go down again, that same big jump down to cell city. And here the cells we find are large. They're like the size of the crash mats that a stunt performer may use to jump safely off a high building and land. They're like a lozenge, but in massive formation. They're blobby, they're wobbly, they have various levels of um, turgidity. They are sometimes full and swollen, and sometimes they kind of collapse in on themselves. These cells have within them their own structure. There is a whole world of complexity of communication and of creation, making the very building blocks of future cells, making the chemicals and components needed for life to work, and complex communication systems, ways of transmitting information between cells and across the whole vast structure that is 
a person or a mouse or anything in between. What we have here is a city within a city. Inside the cell there is a nucleus that has a bit like the city of London is a kind of city within London. This kind of central hub of knowledge and of transactions and of decision making. Inside this nucleus there is an intricate array of information. There is a way of storing information efficiently and effectively so it can be read off quickly and put directly to use to create things. These are plans and processes, schemes and ways of doing things. These stored data sets provide the very means of making life itself. This is your DNA and its component um, parts come in various collections, a bit like the books in a library. It's a library of just 23 books. They're called chromosomes and these books contain in them curled and twisted and folded structures. We're given the picture of DNA as a simple twist. It looks almost to the uninitiated like a spiral staircase of information. Just a short segment, maybe one or two turns, standing on a desk or next to some researchers like the famous Watson and Crick who discovered with their assistant this structure through X-ray um, studies. But what becomes clear once you look at what DNA is, is that it is long. It is a light day long. This is an amazing amount of information. Each cell with its nucleus contains enough DNA if stretched out to be as long or longer than your arms stretched out. And these cells are tiny. I mean so teeny tiny that they're beyond us seeing them without a magnifying glass. They're beyond us comprehending them without some kind of imaginary leap down to the scale of insects and then looking down to see something small at our feet. These cells contain this DNA that when unfurled, if those 23 chromosomes had each bit of DNA unfolded and stretched out end to end, it would be as long as a tall person or as long as your arms stretched out and go from fingertip in one hand to fingertip in the other. But there's so many copies, beautifully copied, copied carefully and intricately and efficiently, copied from your toes to the top of your head, from the fingertips of one hand to the fingertips of the other. This chromosomic information store is not just one copy in one cell, but it is so many copies in so many cells that if they were all teased out, if they were all drawn out of you and laid end to end, it would take a ray of light, a full day to travel the length 
there is so much DNA in you. So much of this information storing and communicating encoding system that you could stretch out your DNA, the DNA from one cell and the next cell and the next cell. And before you would run out of DNA strings from your cells, you could have gone from the moon to earth and back again, and then again back to earth, a three-stranded cord of DNA stretched out. And then that same DNA that still hasn't run out yet could be stretched out from the earth to the sun and back again and back to the sun. Another three-stranded cord still using just the DNA that is folded up carefully and intricately and gloriously inside the cells of your body. And then there would still be some over, enough to stretch out like a ball on a string to each of the planets around our sun. This is a cosmic scale. This is a planetary perspective. This is massive. The DNA put together, used to store information, and folded and twisted and compacted into chromosomes in your body is long enough, if unfolded from every cell, to draw a DNA line from each of the planets orbiting the sun back to our star. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you may say, but there isn't room inside me. And of course it would seem that way. But if that DNA, that same collection of data, if that same storage system, those molecules, atoms upon atoms, twisting away, were collected up and put in a cup from every one of your cells in your body, you would only fill a small cup. A small cup that you could hold in your hand would have every piece of DNA from your body and yet teased out it would stretch the distance from star to the surface of each planet. This is the wonder that we're talking about. Not only a system of rich, intricate and complex information, but one that is copied carefully, one that is um, accurately accrued in each cell, one that has error corrections, more so about the things that matter than those that don't, one that is able to reproduce its very self so that we can become new, so that we can regenerate when we hurt, so that we can restore what is broken. And yet we age, and yet time goes on, and we reach our span of earth and things, our span on earth, and things start to break down. The telomeres, the 
terminating molecules at the end of each string, each substring of DNA, eventually are used up and the years of reproduction come to an end. This is not about biological reproduction of a whole person, but the reproduction of our cells and the fact that they multiply and reproduce effectively comes to an end and we begin to get cancers and other things in our body. We start to reach the end of our days. We start to come to the conclusion of our years. And yet, even as we do so, our generations, the generations of humanity go on before us. The wonder is that each baby born, each female baby born, has within her the eggs of the generation to come. They're already made. They've been put there, ready for the generation to come, with the DNA that will be united with the father's sperm, that would form a paired composition, the coming together of two lives, of two different heritages, of two different we could almost say experiences, and there's a mystery here that is yet to be unfolded as how the experiences of one life are passed on to another. By DNA changes, it seems not, but maybe by the information stored in the rest of the cell. This is magisterial. This is glorious, and I realize I'm using that word so much because each time we press into the scales of creation, the glory of God's handiwork becomes so evident. As soon as you look across the scales of creation, from us moving downwards through the ants to the cells and then to this DNA alley, this spiraling, curving, information-storing structure. That is when we start to see how wonderfully, how carefully, how constructed we are. We are those who have been put together. We have been not formed out of chaos by chaos but formed out of disorder by order, that a mind of great ingenuity, of great capacity, of glorious creativity has put us together, has given us life, has put his spirit within us, that we may live. But there is two kinds of this breath, of this spirit of God. There is the very kind that allows us to live, and then there is this intimate and unimaginable gift of him living within us, not by default, not by birth of a mother and a father coming together, but by the very gift of God to be born again, to have a seed planted within us, to have the word come and inhabit and grow and take root and bring out shoot and take life that overtakes our very self. Not 
a possession, but a wonderful sharing of life, freely given and freely received on both sides. This is the kingdom picture that the word became flesh and it is only now, late in time, that we realize that this image is intricate at the very heart of human existence, that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. The word, the DNA word, the longest word we've ever found in all creation has made us in our cellular self. And after time we came to talk, we had words but mere babblings compared to the glory of God. And then at the fullness of all things, the word himself became flesh and dwelt among us. And his words went out. And for those who would hear, those who would receive, those who would take what he has given, they became the children of God. They became the friends of his family, those who fear him, those who take his word as their way, those who see the king as Lord and do not deny that he is the one who made us, who do not distance themselves from his freedom to be God and to welcome us as his children. He is the one in whom we can put our trust and live our life in the fullness of what he has made us to be. He has given us opportunity and invitation. He has taken us from ourselves and into an intimate connection with the King, if we would respond, if we would hear and receive and, yes, obey. This is not about our way, but us realizing how teeny, tiny and insignificant we are in and of ourselves and yet loved by the eternal Creator King. We are those who have been made for this day, this light day long, this day of the Lord, when the word of the Lord can be received, when judgment is not yet upon us, when we are free to respond, and the evidence is all around us, whether in the birds of the air or the flowers of the field, we have been called and are being called, and God is calling you and me to respond to him this day, to live his way, to seek and search and knock, to find, to receive, to be welcomed in. This is Christ the King, the Word made flesh, the one who came to open the way. I'm Tim, and this is TBV. Until next time.